Uh, take your Bibles and turn to Revelation chapter number 2. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture. Just some things I've been working on uh, with this passage of Scripture. I don't have it fully completed, but I believe this is what the Lord will have for us. And uh, while you're turning, I do want to, like I said, tell the church thank you. And I was at work the other day, and a truck driver came in to drop off a load, and his tag said uh, he was from Vermont. So I said, you know, I said, uh, I said, do you know what Keene, New Hampshire is at? He says, oh, yeah, I know what Keene, New Hampshire is. I said, well, Lord willing, I'll be moving there in the next couple of years to start a church. And this is what he told me. This is a lost man. It's, it's what he told me. He says, do you really think it's worth it? Yeah. And uh, I says, yeah. I said, it's worth it. Yeah. I said, you know why it's worth it? I says, because Jesus thinks it's worth it. Right. He said, but it's, it's a wicked town. It's a terrible town. It's, it's an ungodly. It's a hard town. And uh, he said, do you really think it's worth it? He says, it's pricey up there. It's expensive. And he asked me that question. Do you really think that it's worth it? And I sat back and I said, you know, I said, Lord, it is worth it. I said, that's not even something to just, just ponder. I says, it is worth it. I says, because you know why? Because he died for us. Because you're worth it. I'm glad that uh, I had, a, uh, had parents growing up that thought it was worth it for me to take me to church. And they said it was worth it. So, you know, it's worth it. It's worth it to be in church on a Wednesday evening. It's worth it. It's worth it. I, I know you got, all, uh, got off of work and had to hurry up and change and try to get here, but it is worth to be in the house of God on a Wednesday night. It's worth supporting missionaries, Brother Gary. It's worth sending out missionaries. It's worth it because he, know, he, he thought enough of us to die on an old rugged cross. I don't know why. But he says it's worth it to send his only begotten son. It's not his only son, but it's his only begotten son that he sent from heaven. He bankrupt heaven because he thought it was worth it. And I thank the Lord for saving me and for what he's done and for what he's going to do. Revelation chapter number 2. Begin our reading in verse number 1 if you want to stand for the reading of God's word. In verse number 1 it says, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things. Saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hands, who walketh, in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, I know thy works and thy labors and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say that they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake, hast labored, and hast not fainted. Verse number four, it says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou hast fallen, and repent. And do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of this place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, uh, which I also pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, I come to you in prayer. God, I need your help, and God, I need your power, God. God, I cannot do this in my own ability. God, I thank you, Lord, for another great honor and great opportunity, God, it is to preach your word, God. Thank you, Lord, for another opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for another chance. God, I pray that you please help Brother Andrew as he preaches. God, let him preach with power. And God, hide him behind the cross. God, in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You can be seated. When you come to Revelation chapter number 2, you know the story that uh, the Lord's talking to these seven churches. And then the church of Ephesus is one of these churches. And when you read uh, Revelation chapter 2, and you, if you stopped at verse number 3, you would really think that this was a great church. I mean, this is a church that you wanted to attend. It had all its things together. But verse number 4 says, Nevertheless, however, I appreciate all that you do, but it says, Nevertheless, I have someone against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. And I'm telling you, that's the problem with our Baptist churches today. It's not that we, we don't have workers. It's not that we don't, we, don't have, uh, we don't have prayer warriors. It's just that we have lost our love. And that's the title of the message this evening, the losing or lacking of love for our Savior. Yes, and I'm telling you, that why do you think we have such a hard time? And, and I'm not bragging on me by, not by no means. 
Why do you think we have a hard time trying to get people to go? Why do you think we have a hard time with that? It's not because, oh, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, uh, to not leave home or anything like that. It's just that we don't love the Savior enough to go. And I'm telling you, that's the, what we need in this day and time. You can have all the riches of this world. But if you lack of love, then I'm telling you, you are lacking in a, in a very critical area of your life. But the church of Ephesus, we see, we see their power. I mean, it was a powerful church, like I said. It says I know, in verse number 2, I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and, that, and they are apostles and are not. So they tried their quote-unquote preachers of that day and time. They knew false prophets. They knew false preachers. They knew false teachings. So how, you may ask yourself, how did they get to a place where they lost their love? I'm telling you, you can be so busy for the Savior that you lose your lack of love for the Savior. And I, I love the ministry by all means, but if we get so caught up in the ministry and we lose that lack of love, then the ministry means nothing, folks. You can, you can uh, hand out as many tracts as you want to, but if you don't do it because you love the Savior, then it's going to be a miserable visitation. I'm telling you, that it's going to be miserable handing out that gospel tract because there's no love for the Savior in that place. But we see the power. We see the, their patience uh, in verse number uh, 2 and verse number 3. It says, and thou hast borne and hast patience for my name's sake, hast labored and hast not fainted. So this was a church that did not compromise. This was a church that stood firm, that didn't faint by the wayside. They didn't fall by the wayside. This is a church that stood firm. But yet they still had one problem that the Lord pointed out. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. And we see, uh, verse number four, we see the problem. Nevertheless, after all their good deeds, after everything that they have done, after all their works, after all their labors, God says, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. In verse number five, this is how you get back. Remember, you got to remember. That's if you right. do not remember where you have lost that love at, then you will not get back. You're not trying to make an effort to get back. But we got to remember, we got to repent. And verse number 5 says, Remember therefore whence thou hast fallen, and repent. We live in a day and time where that word seems to be a cuss word in our pulpits. Repent. I'm telling you, God's way is still repent. Salvation, you will not get salvation without repentance. And we have a doctrine that you can just, you can pray this little prayer and you don't have to repent. There's no repentance in it. Well, that's not salvation. That the Bible teaches you have got to repent. And I'm still telling you, that's still a Bible doctrine that I'm willing to die on. That's a hill that I'm willing to die on, that repentance is still needed in our Baptist churches. And I'm telling you, if we have no repentance, then we'll never uh, find our way back to Christ. But he says that he, that he will remove. It says, and, and uh, repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove the candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. That candlestick, if you turn off all the lights in here and you had a candlestick, that candlestick represents light. And if God were to take away that light, because we would not go back to our first light, because we would not repent or remember, and God will remove, then I'm telling you, uh, he will remove the light of Rossville. Amen. I'm telling you, a Bible Baptist Church is a beacon to not only Rossville, but it's a beacon to missionaries to come back and, and get refreshed. And, and if we do not get back to our first love, then that beacon's going to be gone. And I'm telling you, in this day and time, we need Bible Baptist Church. We need you. I'm telling you, we got to stick together. We got to, we got to get back to our uh, loss. So we got to get back to our first love. Amen. And if we don't, then there's going to be great consequences, Brother Jones. 
God is a God of mercy, and he, but he's also, we preach so much and we should that God is a God of love, and he is, but he's also a God of wrath, he's a God of, of judgment, and he's a God of mercy, he's a God of all of it. But we just pick that one side that God is love, and he sure is, and I'm not taking away from that. But there's so much more to God than just love. He is, a, like Brother Gravely preached, he is a God of judgment, and you need to be afraid of that judgment. Amen. But I'm telling you, if we do not get back, and if we do not repent, then this world is it's lost and dying. And we've got to go, folks. And if we don't go, then there'll be no light. That's why you have so much problem when, when you preach uh, who will go and this and that, that people stand up and they, and they, they argue with you. Well, I'm just not going. I'm not, I'm not going to be the one that goes. Well, I have, I have a real issue with your love then. And I'm not saying my love is where it needs to be. I'm just saying that God has called you to go, and God has called you for that. And, and, and if you don't want to go, then you're, you're losing a lack of love. We have got to get back to that love, Amen. Brother Gary. That love is the same love that Jesus died on the cross. He thought enough of you to die on an old rugged cross. He loved you enough to send his only begotten son. So why can't we go? Why can't we have that love to go? But this church is, is, is a per. I mean, it's, it's almost a perfect church. If you were to stop at verse number uh, 3, it's almost a perfect church. But I'm telling you, we can't get back. To our first love, because I'm telling, he wants us to get back. He longs for us to get back. He, when we get away from him, he doesn't just say, "All right, we'll cast him out. He's done." No, he wants you to come back to him. He wants you to be able to to come back and to have fellowship with him. If he just saved us and, and just took us on to heaven, that'd be great. But he left us here for a work, and he left us here to have love and and a relationship with him. And if we don't have that, then we are losing out. I'm telling you, if you, don't, if you don't read your Bible, if you don't pray, you are losing out on such a relationship that you could have. You say, but I've got a good relationship with my family and all this and that, and that is great. But if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, then you are really missing out. Because, Brother Gravely, there's been some times when I did not know what I was going to do. There's been some times when I was struggling, and no family could help, and no friends could help. And I needed that relationship with the Lord. I needed that. I needed him to, uh, to walk with me and to talk with me and to tell me I was one of his own. I needed that in that personal time. I needed to run back to his word. I needed to, and I, I'm glad we've got a word that we can run back to. But if you have no relationship with him, I'm telling you, you are losing out on such, on, on such a, a great relationship that words can't even express sometimes, Brother Laddie. There's sometimes you go to the prayer closet, and there you can't pray any words. You just sit back and you just uh, cry. And God takes the tears yes. to the Lord. He takes them to God and says, hey, no, I don't know. He, can't, he don't have the words for it. But I do, and I want to take them. And I'm telling you, we've got such a great high priest. Why would you not want a relationship with him? Why would you not want to just uh, come and run in his lap and just say, Hey, Father, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yes. Oh, God, I need your help. God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm sitting in a valley this time. God, I need help. we got to have that love. And if we have no love and we have no uh, communication with him, you'll walk through those dark valleys by yourself, and you'll never make it. And you'll never be able to get out of it. I'm telling you, there's been some times in my life where I didn't think that I was going to get out. But it only for the Lord. I'm telling you, I saw the end of the tunnel. It was because of God's grace. It was because of the Lord. When you really realize of who he just is, he did not have to save you. Oh, he did not have to. He could have left you in your sins. He could have left me on a church pew to die in my sins. And I would have went to hell on a church pew. But he saw fit. He said, I love him too much. Oh, God, I love him too much. I've got to go. I've got to die for him. I've got to do something for him. I've got to save him because if I don't, he will die and go to a devil's hell. I'm telling you, he could have left us. 
in our sins. But he saw too much. Oh, why wouldn't we want to get back to our first love? Why wouldn't we want to love him? Why wouldn't we want to, to have a relationship with him? I'm telling you, you can get so busy in the ministry, like I said, that you just lose that lack of love. And you get so busy. And I'm telling you, I, I, in, in times past, I have ran off in the ministry and have lost my love. And yeah. I get so tired, Brother Gravely. Yeah. I get so tired in the flesh because that's what I'm running off of. But, oh, man, if you ever get that, that love and you just do it because you love him. You don't show up to visitation to get a pat on the back. You do it because you get to and you love him and you're able to. I want, I, I want to do so much for the Lord now, so when I'm not able to, that I have no regrets, Brother Laddie. There's just some things, I'm telling you, when you don't have a relationship with the Lord, you're lacking. And you'll live, and I'm telling, I, I've talked to people that are just flat miserable, Brother Gravel, that are just miserable. Yeah. And they have no prayer life. They have no uh, time to talk to the Lord. I'm telling you, you've got to have it to make it in this day and time. church of Ephesus he said I know thy works thy labor and thy patience and uh, how thou hast tried them which say they're apostles and are not but here's the thing he told the church of Thessalonica he said he talked about a work of faith and a labor of love and a patience of hope and uh, what even looks like a compliment there he left those important uh, uh, those are the fruits of the spirit you know he left those things out uh, so you can have a work and not have a work of faith amen you can have a labor and not have a labor of love. And you can have patience and not have any expectation, the patience of hope in it. And it uh, has everything to do with what he preached. Amen. Lose your first love. You got to keep the fire burning. Isn't that right? And uh, I'll tell you, I appreciate, uh, appreciate that preaching. And, you know, your mission field, my mission field, uh, my mission field is not yours. Yours is not mine. Uh, his mission field is king. And uh, your mission field is the job you work or the or school you attend or the place you, it's maybe your neighborhood across the street. Everybody has a mission field, don't they? Amen. And where to go and to tell them about Jesus. And that's a good reminder tonight. Amen. Brother Andrew, you come preach for us. You pray for him as he's coming and uh, give him some amen. So I appreciate, uh, appreciate God still using young men. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and open our Bibles, book of Job, chapter number 28. And uh, let me say how much I appreciate that message. That helped me. That calmed my nerves down a little bit when he started getting down there towards the end, just talking about how good God is and what kind of a relationship we can have with him. Boy, I'm thankful for that. And uh, I'll tell you, the relation, he's talking about just having a relationship with him, and that's exactly where this little thought came from this morning. My Bible reading, Lord, just part me down here in Job chapter number 28. And I say it a lot, how thankful I am that the Lord knows what we need, even when we don't know that we need it. I didn't know I'd be preaching tonight, but he knew I would, so he gave me a little thought. And I was running out the door tonight, and this little piece of paper, I've got it written down, almost laying there by the bed. And he said, you're going to need that tonight. So I just picked it up and stuck it in my Bible, didn't think anything about it. But he knew that I would need it, and he knew what I need even before I need it. I'm thankful for that, all because I had a relationship with him this morning. I'm not bragging, I'm just saying I'm thankful that he blesses that, and I'm thankful for what he does. Job chapter number 28, and uh, let's start our reading here in verse number 12. The Bible says, But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man knoweth not the price thereof, neither is it found in the land of the living. The depth saith, it is not in me, and the sea saith, it is not with me. It cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. It cannot be valued with the gold of Ophir, with the precious onyx or the sapphire. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it, and the exchange of it shall not be for jewels of fine gold. 
No mention shall be made of coral or pearls, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia shall not equal it, neither shall it be valued with pure gold. Whence then cometh wisdom, and where is the place of understanding? You'll see that see, that's a recurring theme here in this chapter. Seeing it is hid from the eyes of all living, and kept close from the fowls of the air. Destruction and death say, We have heard the fame thereof with our ears. God understandeth the way thereof, and he knoweth the place thereof. For he looketh to the ends of the earth, and seeth under the whole heaven, to make the weight for the winds, and he weigheth the waters by measure. When he maketh a decree for the rain, and a way for the lightning of the thunder, then did he see it and declare it. He prepared it, yea, and searched it out. And listen to this. And unto man he said, Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And it apart from evil is understanding. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Lord, we sure do love you tonight. God, we sure do thank you, Lord, for the good preaching you allowed us to hear. God, the good singing. Lord, I thank you for how it touched my heart. And Lord, you know how much I need you tonight. Lord, you alone know how much I really need you. God, I need your touch and your anointing. God, I pray that you'd overlook my faults and failures and hide me behind the cross tonight. Lord, help me just to say exactly what needs to be said, Lord, and nothing else. God, help me to honor you and help your people tonight. God, we'll give you the praise for it. Lord, we're trusting you to do great things. We'll give you the praise and the honor for it. For we ask it in your name. Amen. When you look at Job 28, we picked up there in verse number 12. And Job has some things to say leading up to that verse there in verse number 12. Notice with me, number one, in verse number one, man's surety. He said, surely there is a vein for the silver and a place for gold where they find it. Iron is taken out of the earth and brass is molten out of the stone. Then look here with me at man's search. The Bible says he setteth an end to darkness and searcheth out all perfection. The stones of darkness and the shadow of death. On through those verses there. He begins to tell us, he said that man is searching for something. Man is looking for something. They're looking for something precious. They're looking for something that is going to bring value to their lives. They're looking for these precious stones. Maybe to sell and to get money. Maybe they're looking for them to be turned into ornaments so they can be, uh, make themselves beautiful with the things that they have found. But man is searching for something. And not only is he searching for it, he's sure that it's there. He said, surely there is a vein for the silver and a place for gold where they find it. He said, I know iron is taken out of the earth and brass is molten out of the stone. You'll go on and on and you'll find that they keep searching and they keep looking, but it seems like there's something that they can't find. Here, look here in verse number 7. The Bible says, there is a path which no fowl knoweth, and which the vulture's eye hath not seen. The lion's whelps have not trodden it, nor the fierce lion pass by it. He putteth forth his hand upon the rock. He's talking about that man looking again. He overturneth the mountains by the roots. He cutteth out rivers among the rocks, and his eye seeth every precious thing. He bindeth the floods from overflowing, and the thing that is hid bringeth he forth to light. So man, he's been looking, he's been trying, he's gone to places no one has ever been before, Brother Danny. He's been going to places that the ravens haven't been, the lions haven't been. He's searching for something. He's searching for those precious stones. The Bible says in verse number 11 that he found it. The Bible said, in the thing that is hid bringeth he forth to light. Man has a surety and man is searching. But there's a struggle going on in man. As the Bible says, he found what he's looking for. But look here at verse number 12 where we started reading. The Bible says, but where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man has been searching for something. Man has been looking for something precious. He's been looking for something to satisfy. Looking for something to fill that void in his heart. And he says, and he bringeth it forth to light. But the next question that he asks is, but where shall wisdom be found? 
And where is the place of understanding? And I'll just go ahead and tell you what's on my heart tonight. I'm afraid we got so many people, especially young people my age, they're saved. They're born, in, they're born again. They're trying to live for God, but they're looking for something more. They're not satisfied with what God has given them. And they, they know for sure there's got to be something out there. There's got to be something more to this. And they look and they, get, they go to the world. They try to get all the toys of this life, everything to make them happy. They go, they chase after a dollar and they chase after toys. But when it's all said and done, it's not enough. They're saying, but where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? You'll never find any young person in the world that wants to be something great that doesn't take wisdom to get there. You think about it. There's nothing in this world that you can do that is great that does not take wisdom to get there. And these men have spent all this time. They've gone all these places and all this effort looking for something to satisfy, looking for something precious. The Bible says, and the thing that is here bringeth thee forth to light. But it's never enough. He said, but where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? And Job here, he begins to talk about this wisdom that they're looking for. He knows what it is that they're looking for. And so many times, with the young people that are looking for something better, they don't even know what it is. They think it'd be a better truck. They think it'd be another girlfriend. They think it'd be something better, more money. They don't know what it is. They find it. They spend their whole life searching for something for. But at the end of their life, they get to the end of it, and they said, but where was the wisdom in that? What I gained from that? What good did it do me looking at eternity? Man, surety. He said, I know there's got to be something out there. Surely that's going to satisfy me. And he searches and he searches. But the struggle is, well, where shall wisdom be found? That what I was searching for and that what I was longing for, I couldn't find it. He didn't know where it was at. I want to look at wisdom here just for a little bit. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs, if you would. The book of Proverbs in chapter number 3. He tells us a lot about this subject of wisdom. And here he begins to give us the benefits of wisdom here in Proverbs chapter number 3. He said, Proverbs 3 and verse 13, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. So the, the, the person writing this is saying, look, here's the man that's found this wisdom they were looking for. Here's the man that found the understanding that they've been groping for. Here's what it does for them. He said, for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. He said, hey, it's better than all that silver they were searching for. It's better than all those rubies they were searching for. He said, she is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. He said, look, you were longing for something more. There was a void in your heart. You wanted something more. Sure, you were saved. Sure, you were trying your best, but you need you just wanted something more he said this wisdom he said and all the things that thou canst desire are not to be compared to it he said all those toys out in the world all those trinkets all those jewels all those jewels those rubies he said all the things that thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor hey they were searching for riches and he said if you'll just get wisdom he said in her left hand are riches and honor. Her, way, her ways are ways of pleasantness. And all her paths are peace. She is a treat of life to them that lay hold upon her. And happy is everyone that retaineth her. Ain't that what every young person says? I'm just not happy here anymore. I'm just, I wish I could find somewhere else. I'm just, this doesn't satisfy me anymore. He said if you'll just get wisdom. The man that's got wisdom is happy. He said the Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. Here let's look down here in verse number 24. Verse number 20, let's do verse number 22. He sums it all up, the man that has wisdom. He says, So shall there be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. And really, in our hearts, this is what every person desires. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep 
shall be sweet. Hey, that's the sleep of a satisfied man. That's the testimony of somebody who said, I found everything I've been looking for. I found it all when I found the wisdom that he's talking about. That's the, that's the benefits of wisdom. Job here, back in Job 28, he begins to go through and talk about this man who is trying to find wisdom. He said in verse 13, he said, Man knoweth not the price thereof. Neither is it found in the land of living. I'm here to tell you tonight that not only is there a problem of wisdom, they don't know where to find it, there's a price to wisdom. It said there, man knoweth not the price thereof. He said in verse 18, no mention shall be made of coral or of pearls, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. Can I tell you tonight, that, that desire that you're looking for, it's not to be found in searching after the things of this world, but in giving yourself wholly and completely to God and saying, sure, I'm going to pay by not giving myself the things that I want. I'm going to set myself apart for you, Lord. Everything that I've been desiring and putting my money down, trying to find something to help me, I'm just going to give myself completely to you. You know, the Bible says you cannot serve God and mammon. And I don't think that just means, you know, you can't serve your boss. I think that means you can't serve yourself. How many times when, I, when I'm looking for something more, I'm not satisfied, I go satisfy myself. I go look for something to take care of me. He said, but there's a price to this wisdom. I wonder how far I'm willing to go in my walk with God. Am I willing to pay the price? Am I willing to say, sure, I, I'd love to have those things. There's nothing wrong with them, but I want to walk closer to God. There's a price for this wisdom. There's the plea for wisdom here in verse number 20, in 20, verse 20. He said, Whence then cometh wisdom, and where is the place of understanding? He wants it desperately. He said, Destruction, seeing it's hid from the eyes of all living, and kept close in the fowls of the air. Destruction and death say, We have heard the fame thereof with our ears. This is something that everybody is wanting. There's the place of wisdom. He said, God understandeth the way thereof, and he knoweth the place thereof. Hey, the devil doesn't know where wisdom's at. The devil doesn't know where to give you that that's going to satisfy you. He doesn't even know where it's at. He can't get to it. The Bible says, God knoweth the place of wisdom. But there's a preparation for wisdom here in verse 27. The Bible said, God talking, God talking here, he said, Then did he see it and declare it. He prepared it, yea, and searched it out. Do you realize that God has everything you've ever wanted waiting right at your fingertips? It's just until you get to the place where everything you've ever wanted is what God wants. That's where you're going to have to get to get fully satisfied with God. I tell you, I, I'm with young people all the time, and I know young people who are saved. And they're, they're, I know they're saved, but they're looking for something more because they've never completely given themselves unto God, never given themselves unto the wisdom that he talks about. He said, Preacher, you talk a lot about wisdom. What is wisdom? Look at what he says here in verse 28. He tells us, he said, And unto man he said, Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Do you realize that's the opposite of everything the world wants to try to tell you? They try to tell you it's wise to try to get ahead in this world, to miss church on Wednesday night so you can build up, save up a little bit more, you know, for the future. They try to tell you it's wise to go after the things of this world. That's wisdom. But God said, behold the fear of the Lord. That is wisdom. You say, preacher, what's the fear of the Lord? That means reverential trust with a hatred of evil. It just means I'm giving you everything. God said, I'll tell you how you're going to find that wisdom that you're searching for. And there's a search for it. Man's looking for it. He said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. You say, preacher, I, I know I'm saved. I know I'm trying to do what I'm, I'm doing, what I'm supposed to do. But I, I'm just not satisfied. Does there ever come a time when you just completely give yourself over to God? Say, God, I'm just going to accept your wisdom. I'm just going to fear you. I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to put my trust in you, a reverential trust with a hatred of evil. I'm going to cling unto you and separate from everything in this world. Amen. But it comes with a price tag. You're going to have to leave some things behind. I tell you, there's a lot of things in this life I'd love to have. 
lot of toys, but, and it's not that they're wrong or sinful, but it's just they take my attention away from God. They draw me away from God. Things that are nothing in this world wrong with them. I'll tell you what, some more. I love hunting. That can be a distraction for me. I love trucks. That can be a distraction for me. Those toys, those trinkets, sure, there's nothing wrong with them. That's right. But it's not the wisdom that God has ordained for me. And you know what happens? Every time you get another truck, you'll be wanting another one. Every time you get a big buck, you'll be wanting another one. There's no satisfaction to it. I tell you, the greatest satisfaction is found just saying, God, I'm trusting you. Letting go of everything else. That's the wisdom that you're searching for tonight.